Swung on and lined to deep left field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Aaron Judge hit a line drive. Home run to left. A Judgean blast. All rise. Here comes the Judge. Another judgment day. Four unanswered points. Tough game here. And here is RG3. He's going to run for the first down. And still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. World champion. Three cities, three opinions, bringing you everything D.C., New York, Philadelphia. Trilogy Sports Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Trilogy Sports Podcast. My name is Nick, and I am joined by Matt from Philly. Shuey is not here this week, so it'll be just the two of us. Just the two good cities, I guess you could say. <laughs> the two with some winning teams recently. Although, the Nationals at the All-Star break are a half game ahead of the Phillies, which if you would have told me that a month ago, I would have said you're crazy. You would have said that. Shuey would have been the only one that believed it. Uh, not true. I said the Nats had a good lineup. They had injuries, play through. I, they're playing phenomenal right now, and they have the pitching staff to make a deep run. But we'll get into that in a little bit. Scherzer's right now, like yeah, he had the best June, I think, of any pitcher of all time, which is absurd. Uh, but also absurd, Kawhi Leonard signing with the Clippers and finagling a way to get Paul George to come with him. So we, we, we talked about last week that by this week's episode, Kawhi Leonard would probably choose where he's going to go. I thought, you know, Lakers for sure or Raptors. I, I didn't think the Clippers were an option because – I didn't think Kawhi Leonard was going to go there by himself, and, and I was right in that respect. Kawhi Leonard wasn't going to go to the Clippers by himself, but somehow, some way, he pulled off Paul George, getting traded from Oklahoma City, five draft picks, uh, Danilo Gallinari, um, uh, Gillis Alexander as well in the trade. Paul George joins Kawhi Leonard with the Clippers. This just, as if this NBA uh, offseason hasn't been crazy enough. This is the icing on the cake. This is the craziest of all the moves. This really just shakes up everything. And this is this makes the NBA next season can't miss. Yeah, I mean, we talked about how even the teams were going to be. I think this makes it even more spread out. Like, the talent is so dispersed throughout the league. And it's not done because now you still have a player, Russell Westbrook, who wants out of OKC. And OKC is stacking a lot of assets. So there's another team. I, I don't think OKC makes a playoff next year if Russell Westbrook leaves. So it's another team we're going to spread talent. I think it's going to be top-heavy in the fact that every team that makes the playoffs could have a legitimate chance next year. But the teams that don't make the playoffs, are in, all of them are in full rebuild mode at this point. They're all stockpiling assets. There's no team sitting at 9 or 10 that – think, oh, we had a chance at the playoffs. Like, no, those teams are just giving up and trying to get whatever they can now. But at the same time, there's no Golden State Warriors. I, I was trying to think back to the last time where we went into an NBA season and you couldn't definitively, definitively say this team is the favorite. 
Obviously, the Warriors the past couple of years, the Miami Heat before that, the Celtics, even the Lakers in the early 2000s. This is the first year where you can legitimately name four different teams that can win the NBA final. Four, More than I think you get six, seven teams that could make a – because you're also going to have injuries play out. You're going to have midseason trades. It, this might be the most entertaining NBA season we've had in years because I, I don't want to say the Warriors like are falling down like their demise because they still are going to have a really good team on paper as well. Uh, I mean, obviously with Clay Thompson and his ACL, who knows if he even makes it back next year. Uh, unfortunately, it happened in the finals, so – probably a year before he gets back, he might be back for the playoffs. It's going to be tough, but they're going to be a good team too. Every team is just so good, but you don't have that one. I mean, going in this year, everybody, all right, they're coming out of the West. Houston would have to really outplay them again, and it didn't happen. This NBA season, it's going to be fun. Like, I'm very excited. It's three months away till we start. I, I wish we were getting games this week already. Yeah, I'm, I'm already hyped for it. So I, I list. And like these are the teams I think are legit contenders. The Celt in the East, the Celtics, the Bucks, the 76ers, the Pacers, and the Nets. Now, if Russell Westbrook ends up going to Miami, which is kind of the rumor, I mean, I, I'm definitely adding them to the top of that. So that's six. I, I think that depends on who, because who can Miami give up in a trade to get him? Well, you would you would figure that uh, Oklahoma City would take Drogic's expiring contract in return for. Some trade assets. I don't. Assets. Yeah, but how many draft? I I think Miami. We had talked about this. Didn't have a few of their upcoming draft picks. They had already moved. You're probably moving Harrow, Bam, and maybe Winslow mm-hmm. with a a pick or two. Does that team have enough? To, because at this point, most of the good veteran minimum players are going to be signed. Mm-hmm. Are they going to have a deep enough team? Because we've seen Russell Westbrook can't get it done. He couldn't get it done with Paul George. Is he going to make a real run at it with just him and Jimmy? He's played. He's played with Paul George and he's played with Kevin Durant and has never won. So yeah, I mean they had a legitimate chance with Kevin Durant, but what what, what will piss me off though is how the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat is not a you know storied franchise in in the NBA, but in the past ten years, the Miami Heat would have gotten LeBron James, Chris Bosh. Uh, Jimmy Butler, and then they end up getting Russell Westbrook. Meanwhile, the Knicks can't get a free agent to come. Although it looks like Marcus Morris might be signing with the Knicks, so there's another power forward. <laughs> now have four power four power forwards. forwards. One, you guys, <laughs> they have to be stockpiling players that they think they can uh, trade before the deadline and get more assets because the way the Knicks are assembling that team just makes zero sense no. to me. I do. Mar- Marcus Morris actually that, a that's good player. One of the better, the better signings. So, but it looks um, like it's on a one-year deal. Yeah, exactly. And he he was going to go to San Antonio, and and, and last second he backed out. Um, so those are the teams I listed in the East. Then the West: Lakers, Clippers, Warriors, Nuggets, Trailblazers, Rockets, Jazz, Spurs, Pelicans could possibly be good. The Mavericks will be a good team. So the the West is just so deep. I mean. You would think that the, the Lakers and the Clippers, I think, are the, the two best teams. Um, gun to my head, I'm going to say, you know, Lakers, Bucks in the finals. But it's going to be a great season. And, and I do like, and, and maybe you'll disagree, <laughs> and I think we had, a, you know, an argument about this over text. I love what the Lakers did. And I also love that LeBron James is going to be the starting point guard. You know what? Cut, cut to the chase. LeBron is the point guard on every team he's ever been on. 
He's going to play the point, which allows Kyle Kuzma to get in the lineup. So you'll have a lineup of LeBron, Danny Green, Kyle Kuzma, Anthony Davis, and DeMarcus Cousins. That's a hell of a starting five. And then you've got some solid role players coming off the bench. I pitched that lineup to you last week, and you told me I was an idiot. I mean, I would have to go rewind the tape. and, and, and not, not on the podcast. In our text, I will find screenshots where I s- said that lineup, and you guys called me an idiot that Rajon Rondo was going to start at the point guard. And I went through and, and said their pitch to Kawhi was that LeBron would play the one if he came, and that's how they would run the lineup. So now that you put Kuzma in the starting five, their bench, it's not that deep. I, I think mean, they have one of the best starting fives in the league now, but their bench isn't as deep. And not to talk on LeBron's legacy here, but what does it say that Paul George didn't want to go there? He wanted to go to L.A. desperately, obviously, but he didn't want to go play with LeBron and the Lakers and then forced his way out of OKC to go play with Kawhi and with the Clippers in the same arena. I mean, we, we kind of knew for years, obviously, Paul George is from Los Angeles. He wanted to go to Los Angeles. And you know what? If he didn't want to play with LeBron, so be it. Um, I think the team that LeBron James has assembled there is a good one. You've got decent players off the bench. You've got some shooters off the bench. You've got some defense off the bench in, in, in Avery Bradley. Um, so I, I like what the Lakers did. They could also, you know, who knows, maybe acquire someone um, at, at the trade deadline. Andre Iguodala is probably going to get bought out. Um, Kyle Korver, I think, is someone that could be added realistically. So I, I like what the Lakers did. I want to talk, though, about the Clippers and their um, their backcourt defense. Uh, I think it's going to be one of the best we've ever seen with Patrick Beverly, Paul George, and Kawhi Leonard. I think Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are the best two-way players in the NBA. You have them both on the same roster. It, it's truly uh, going to be a, a remarkable team to watch. And again, I, I know I keep going back to the Knicks, but this could have been, this literally could have been the Knicks. Like they could have gotten Paul George and they could have gotten Kawhi Leonard. This literally could have been the Knicks, but once again, the Knicks miss out. This could have been a lot of teams though. Any team with that salary cap, this could have been Brooklyn. If those two went there instead of Durant and Kyrie. I mean, any team that could have had two max deals could have made this happen. I mean, I'd, I'd rather have George and Leonard. Oh, absolutely. They have two of them. But, but Brooklyn, it, Brooklyn didn't have to give up anything to get Paul George. Yeah. To get Kyrie and, and Durant. And the reason I'm, I would rather have both of them is you're getting a healthy two players right now. You still have KD coming off that Achilles. And I think oh. both of them are better than Kyrie. So. Over, and, but and they're younger, and they're younger than Durant. Yeah, but and yeah, when 100% healthy, Kevin Durant's still the best player out of that group. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I think though, Kyrie is going to take a big step forward. Kenny Atkinson, every year um, with point guards, has gotten the best out of the point guards. Look what he did with D'Angelo Russell last year. I really think Kyrie's going to take a big step forward this year. Uh, so, I mean, the NBA offseason was as exciting as the NBA postseason. Um, this will kind of, I can't imagine any other, you know, big, there's not really any big players still out there. So I guess over the next couple of weeks, we really won't be talking about the NBA much, but a hell of a season, a hell of a postseason, hell of an off season. Um, but I guess here over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be, you know, talking a lot of baseball. Um, so let's kind of transition into baseball. Um, it is the all-star break. Last night was the home run derby. Uh, before we get into second half predictions and all that, give me your thoughts on the home run derby last night. Do you like the new format? 
that they went to, I think last year was the first year. Your thoughts on it? Obviously, Vlad Guerrero stole the show last night, but he was not ultimately the winner. Yeah, I. it's unfortunate somebody can hit 91 home runs and lose because they hit so many home runs he was gassed. I mean, they go to three and three overtime hit off was it with him and Jock? And he, but the thing is, he needed all. He could. It's not like he unnecessarily. Oh hit yeah, all those he, needed those, he needed which, those. Which I mean, that was the final for me right there. So, but oh, yeah. you gas both yourselves, you get there. Pete Alonso. I mean, you're not going to take away from the guy won it by the rules. Pete Alonso won, but Vlad Jr. won the night. I mean, a lot of people had a lot of hype for him coming up. He hasn't hit a ton of home runs. I think he only has eight on the season. So to go there and put on that type of performance, it's phenomenal, but I hate it. Hate it, this new formatting. I was a much better – I'd be happier if every guy just went up there and had 15 to 20 outs, however many you want to do it, just hit as many home runs as you can, a ground ball or anything that doesn't leave the stadiums and out, and just everybody one by one, whoever hits the most wins. This whole – And that's the thing. Go ahead. And, and that's the thing. People, people say it's you know it's exciting. There's more home run, and and I get it. It was it was entertaining to watch, but at the same time they're saying, oh yeah, Vlad Guerrero broke the home run derby record. Well, guess what? Obviously, he he, he got to hit for five, like basically with the over t- the extra time for like five six minutes. So obviously he's going to hit more home runs than the, the old format. Uh, you know, I I think the, I agree. The old format I think was you know much more entertaining. It was much more structured. Uh, and, and also, again, going back to last night with Vlad Guerrero putting on the performance but not winning reminds me of 2008 when uh, at Yankee, the old Yankee Stadium. At Hamilton. Hamilton. What a show, uh, yeah. Probably the greatest home run derby performance ever, but he didn't actually win. It was Justin Morneau. Because it got gassed. Home run derby. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So now even back with that format, they used to carry over all the scores but the score would reset in the finals. And, and I feel like you have to reset for the finals. Otherwise, there would be some times where the finals would just be pointless. Yeah, and that's no fine. Because no way Alonzo was going to hit 30 home runs. I agree. But that's why I think everybody should just go once and whoever totals the most. Even if you do two rounds for everybody and whoever totals the most in those two rounds wins. Because going head-to-head, you could run into a guy that gasses you like – Vlad did last night. I mean, he ran into Jock Peterson. He got gassed before he gets to the finals, and they're not playing for nothing anymore. I mean, these guys, they're on rookie deals, some of them. They're playing for a million dollars, which is twice as much as they're making Double on this their rookie salary. deal. Yeah. I mean, Vlad Jr., does he? Re- he's probably not hurting for money, right? I mean, his dad's a multimillionaire. He's lived a baseball lifestyle his whole life. That million dollars. He's going to get paid. Yeah, that money didn't mean as much to him as it does someone like Pete Alonso, where he's going to get paid, but – He's not getting paid for three years. He's living off endorsement money and his salary, which, again, I mean, we're oh, he's only making 500K. It's a shitload of money. But for the lifestyles they're living and you have to pay agents and lawyer and all the stuff they need to be a professional athlete, that's a lot of money to them. That Good for Pete Alonso to win it, but had that been someone besides Vlad that could have used the money, it's a shitty situation for somebody to be in. Another thing, uh, and, and again, I was entertained by it, so it might seem like we're complaining. I was entertained oh, by yeah, it. Oh, yeah, it was a hell of another, a show, yeah. An, yeah, an, another thing is, what the hell were the seedings? How the hell is Vlad Guerrero an eight seed? Like, that just made no sense. Well, like, he had eight home respect- runs. He had eight yeah, home I, runs I coming into it. But just just watching the guy take BP, 
he he's he's not an eight seed for that for a home run derby. And then like all due respect to Pete Alonso, I'm, I'm not taking anything away from him. But in the first round, he 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 got to go up against Carlos Santana. Like he was only there because <laughs> it was the Indians. Like that. Guy, like let's be real, Carlos Santana had no chance to win the home run derby. Like zero chance. No, but you also had someone like Christian Yellick was in it, and he's hitting what leads the league in home runs at this point. But he's not made for the derby. I mean, that's a a big boy thing. It's well, you have he to... was supposed to. He was supposed to. He was the one seed. Yeah, he was, he was the one seed. Up, and then Matt Chapman replaced replaced him. him. But yeah, the seeding. I, I don't know. It, it was it was a fun night. Like yeah, it was a great I, show. Also, like a the lot person of who should have won normally, didn't. Yeah. And a lot of people who don't normally watch baseball, like I even had some friends texting me who don't normally watch baseball, and they were like, wow, this is, you know, fun to watch. So, I mean, it's good that it maybe, like, kind of brought in a new audience. People love watching people hit home runs. But for, you know, a fan like me and you who, who you know, just loves baseball, you know, it's kind of a, a whole misconstrued, just overly complicated format that, you know, could be simplified. And the juice baseballs, I mean, they've used juice baseballs in the home run derby for years. Uh, I mean, they've openly admitted to it. They make them a little bit different. They're a little bit harder. They go off the bat faster. Uh, so that's fun. I mean, you get to see more home runs than you typically would during a regular batting practice or a before game session when these guys are getting their cuts in. Some of them do put on a show when they're at home for the fans. Uh, another cool thing the guys added to last night's game is each player signed a decent amount of balls. I think they signed like 100 baseballs each and they were the ones they were hitting them so if vlad jr hit a ball into the stands and somebody caught it that ball was already signed by vlad jr which is pretty cool yeah that's awesome uh but yeah back to him being the hc i i think we were going to make a bet on this and we were trying to pick players but i think we both were going to pick vlad and alonzo i mean those were my two picks and you said why don't i want i was like well i want vlad and you're like well so I, I literally said to you, I've got two guys in mind, and that's literally the two I was going to pick. Yeah, and those are the two I wanted. I mean, his swing is so violent. So he's – it almost reminds me of a Prince Fielder where he has a big body that when he torques and he can use those big quads to get behind the ball, I mean, that's where you're generating so much power is your quad and your core. And those guys are just so big. I. I wanted, I don't know what the longest home run hit last night was, but I'm sure it was close to 500. Yeah, no, they 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 were hitting they were hitting them out. It was it was it was a good uh, time. Now tonight will be the All Star game. Um, I feel like the All Star game also doesn't get as much attention as it used to. Um, this is the youngest NL roster ever assembled uh, assembled in terms of age. Um, so I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch as a baseball fan. There's no ridiculous, stupid concept anymore that the winner. The winning team gets home field, so I'm I'm glad. I I always hated that rule. Yeah, I, I like that rule actually because I, I mean, I, I, how I else? I don't need going into. A, I don't need. A, go ahead. I don't need Trey Mancini, you know, deciding whether or not the Yankees get home field advantage in the World Series. I want the Yankees' record to determine that. Well, that's just a gimmick. So, but there's a difference between the two leagues where you're playing in the DH. I mean, that's important to. Uh, home field advantage in the playoffs, right? Whether or not you get the DH at this point. Because... Oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not disputing that home field advantage is not important. No, so there, I'm saying I, that there... it's a dumb way to determine. Okay, so what if a team like the Yankees or a team, if God forbid the NL East was good, 
I mean, you get it. People that get to play the Marlins and the Mets how many times a year, their record should be better than somebody who's in a tougher division, right? That, that, that's true. So, but, I, and, and, but then when you have one representative from each Well, team, that's I what you have to get rid of. In my yeah. opinion, if you're going to do the All-Star Game Matters, which I love that it mattered because does anybody really like any All-Star Game in any sport? Is it, and I think I, baseball was probably the best. Yeah, I, I liked baseball. People actually – it was fun. They were loose, but it had some meaning to it. But I don't think you need to put one player on the team just to be there. And we'll get into that as one of our mailbag questions, actually. Uh, but I think if well, – Go ahead. Because of that rule, because of that rule, the Phillies actually have an All Star this year. Because if not, the Phillies would have no All Stars. They don't deserve one this year, but anyway, they shouldn't have one there. Which is, if you're gonna play for home field advantage, you should have the best team you can form out there, right? I mean, I get it. These guys, they want somebody from the home team to be represented well, even if it's a shitty team. And you want to get guys, especially if it's their first all-star game, you want to give them innings and everything. But it's not like the NBA where they can do 130 points in an NBA. Or what are they scoring, like 160 now in the NBA playoff game? No defense. defense. They're just throwing oops off the backboard, raining threes from half court, just doing stupid stuff to try and put on a show. But put a meaningful game as an all-star game, I guarantee you people are watching it, especially – you're a Yankees fan. The Yankees are looking like a damn good baseball team. That's going to be an important game. You're going to watch it. You know, I I agree. It definitely makes it more, you know, exciting and, and, and gives you more of a reason to watch. But I just – I'd rather I'd rather the record determine that. But um, in terms of the game tonight, any anything you're looking forward to, any specific matchups, any players you're looking forward to watching – well, Verlander's going to get the start, and after all of his complaints about the juice balls and everything, I he's also given up more home runs this year than he has at any point in his career. His ERA is a little bit hiding of how good or not great he's been because uh, he's been dominant except for the times he gives up the long ball this year. So I think if someone takes him deep, it would be a great start and kind of funny after the ESPN article came out this week with him being adamantly against – MLB buying out Rawlings, which if you guys haven't read that article, uh, if you're into that sports and behind the scenes stuff, it's a pretty good article. Uh, but also, my man Mike Trout, I'd like to see him win his third MVP. Is that yeah, too much? Some, I mean, I mean, for someone for someone who is the biggest star in baseball, obviously he's not. You know, he doesn't really get the attention. So I feel like the All Star Game is that platform where he can kind of stand above everyone else and really show that he is the best player in baseball. So, um, you know, that is, that is a, a good thing. Um, I am looking forward to, um, I'm looking forward to seeing obviously the young guys in the NL. Uh, I don't know if you agree with me in this, but for the Cubs, I've always, when I, when I think of the Cubs, I always think of, you know, their best player being either Chris, Chris Bryant or Anthony, Chris, Chris Bryant or Anthony Rizzo. Yeah. But Javi. Really, exactly. I need to get that thought out of my head. Their best player is Javi Baez. Their most exciting, young, best player is Javi Baez. I'm looking forward to seeing Javi Baez play. I love watching him play. Um, Acuna, I love watching him play. So the NL guys have a lot of exciting young players. And then obviously I'm looking forward to watching um, the Yankees, you know, uh, hitters in there. I'm happy. Glaber Torres, uh, I think last week we were going to go over some snubs from the All-Star game. I'm, I'm thankful Glaber Torres made it, whether, you know, because it was uh, for an injury, whether or not, you know, but I'm just glad he made it. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited actually to you know just to watch the game and see all the all the stars out there. Of course, Alex Cora, the manager of the Red Sox, wants to uh, get Chapman in there as a closer, and he's gonna. He already said Tanaka is gonna come in after Verlander, so I think he's hoping that uh, somebody gets hurt. I don't think he's hoping somebody gets hurt. I mean, he's giving <laughs> his guys some, giving them play time. I mean, usually every pitcher on the roster gets to throw like an inning. Well, we know we know nobody from the Red Sox bullpen is going to come out of the bullpen tonight. Jesus, I don't think any of his pitchers <laughs> from the Red Sox made the roster, did they? It's like the first time uh, in six years David Price wasn't on the All Star yeah. team. Nope, and definitely not. Um, Chris no, who's like four and eight. Even the- they did have a couple. They had Bogarts, Devers, uh, J.D. Martinez. So they had a couple guys, but no. Uh, and then CC Zabathia got a the commissioner's invite. Um, obviously, he's from Cleveland. He started his career in Cleveland. He's, um, you know, is his final season, his 19th season. I don't know if he's el- eligible to actually pitch tonight. I don't, I don't know if he's actually on the I roster. think he's just throwing out the first pitch. I okay. think he's and, and, just yeah, throwing out the first pitch need, like a ceremonial thing. I don't need to see him out there, honestly. No. I mean, to be honest. As bad as it sounds, you guys need a few more innings out of him this year. This one, do you really want him to waste any type of arm strength on that? Yeah, no, 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 no. He, 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 and honestly, he doesn't belong in the All Star game. It's, it's just, you know, it's like Dirk Nowitzki uh, being in it this year. But he actually got in the game and hit a yeah. couple three. So that's why I, I don't know if it's like know, a nice send off. But, but um, yeah, I just, I think he's throwing out the first ceremonial pitch, and that's it. Yeah, and that's cool, and and it's fitting, like I said, because he started his career yeah. in Cleveland. But um. So the All-Star break, and then the second half of the season starts on Thursday. Actually, there's only one game, the Astros, and then the Ra- and play the Rangers. And then after that, all the teams all get Friday. back into the swing. So it's a little bit over halfway. I think each team's played about 85, 86 games. So halfway through the season, what are your um, thoughts on, I guess, the Phillies? We'll start with you. The <sighs> Phillies, who's your, who's your team MVP? And then just your overall thoughts on how the Phillies are doing and what to expect in the second half. Uh, well, team MVP, somebody who I would put down as an all-star snub, does not get any love for what he's done. That's Scott Kingery. Uh, he's, since he's gotten formidable playtime, which I know you've heard me bitch about Scott Kingery all year, that I thought he should have been starting from day one. They never really got a good chance last year. Uh, I mean, he's batting like 320 at this point, is it? Uh, let me try and pull up yeah, real he, quick. Yeah, he's he, batting. He fell down recently. He's had a little cold streak, but he's batting two ninety two still. Uh, he's put together a fantastic year, especially with what his contract is because they extended him out of spring training before he ever had any MLB experience. Uh, but he's batting two ninety two. He's got a five forty five slugging, uh, 27 RBIs, 16 doubles, and that's in the limited playtime. He really just started getting playtime in the middle of June or beginning of June. So he missed the first two months of the season not really getting what he deserves because, I mean, it, it's tough to play him when you have Gene and Cesar at second and short. And then the outfield before Kutch got hurt was pretty set in stone, and they went into the season thinking Michael Franco was the guy at third. So I think he's re- since he's come in, he's really held the team together. Uh, moving up to the leadoff spot with Kutch going out was big for them because there were – a week and a half, two weeks straight, where I think Gabe Kapler just pulled the lineup out of a hat. Uh, it, it was just miserable to watch. But he's definitely my first-half MVP for the Phillies. Going into the second half of the season, I think what's going to be important to watch for the Phillies is the pitching rotation. Uh, 
Aaron Nola has officially come back to. He's been great. Cy, yeah, show. he's back to potential Cy Young stuff. Somehow he's got his ERA back down to three seven. I mean, at one point it was miserable. It's like a four eight. Uh, but his last three starts, he's going quality starts, all three of them, a lot of Ks. Uh, it comes down to his ball control. And I think a little bit of it's getting used to Real Muto. I mean, you have a guy coming in trying to learn an entire pitching staff. And when that trade went down and they had like, what, two months to get together before they had real contests. So Aaron Nola, <clears throat> if he can be dominant at the top of that rotation, kick Jake Arietta all the way out of town. I'm so tired of him. I'm tired of his mouth. I'm tired of his piss poor play. I'm so over him. He wants to call out people. Look in the mirror. You suck. Your ERA is north of four five. You haven't been good since you. You know. I mean, he's he's been decent the last couple of years, but the Phillies asked him to be a number two starter, and he's been anything but. He's that. getting paid like a number two starter though, which is the worst problem. Yeah. I mean, he's getting a lot of money to suck. I mean, really, if you look over his career. He's real. I mean, he had that one great Cy Young season in, in, with the Cubs, but you know, he, he he's been he is what he is. He's 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 a middle of the rotation guy. Um, and, wasn't and great he was, in Baltimore. He's, yeah, exactly. And and he had a, a two. I'd say one great season and another good season with Chicago. He was pretty good in Philly his first year. But the guy, I mean, for the amount of talking he does in the clubhouse and he's causing problems, shut your mouth and go out there and pitch. You want to call other people out? Look in the mirror, you bum. You, you're horrible. You're not – you're going out there. You're not even giving your – last game, he didn't even give his team a chance to win. He went out there and got shelled, and the game was over before, you know, the, the, the third inning. Damn, the way you're talking, it sounds like he's almost on your team, how fucking passionate you are about well, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, but, like, it's it, – it, It's it, frustrating you know, as a like, fan to watch a player like that, yeah. too. Exactly. And it's it just for, – for all the talking he does, it, it, it's annoying. I mean – the Phillies, I mean, I, I've said it all along. They don't have enough starting pitching, and I don't know what they're going to be able to do with the trade deadline. Obviously, your 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 farm system isn't, you know, top-notch. I don't know if it would be smart to give away too much to try to do an emergency, you know, break glass move. Really, if you add a top starting pitcher, is that going to really – are the Phillies really a World Series contender at this point? I, no disrespect. I no. don't think so. I, I, I don't think they are. I don't think pitching-wise, right? I think offensively, yes, this team could compete for a World Series. And that's just because they have all the talent offensively on the team to do it. It's just putting it all together. Because there's the games where they score. Not It's not even games. They go on hot streaks of series where they'll put up at least eight runs a game with no issue. And then it seems like we might hit a stretch of a few games where we score maybe three or four if we're lucky. But the talent's there. The offense is there. I don't think you need to worry about adding a bat or adding anyone else at this point. If they're going to make a move, and we said we were talking about if we could make a trade, what would happen? I absolutely would try to acquire at least a pitcher. If In a dream situation, I would try to bring Cole Hamels back. He's openly admitted that he wants to come back and finish his career in Philadelphia. Uh, the Cubs are gonna, most likely looking to move him. They said if the offer's right, they would move on from him. Um, the Phillies would owe him like ten million for the rest of the season at this point. He is coming off that oblique strain, but his ERA is like a two nine, I think, or a three two somewhere in there. So he's having a great year, very quiet, good year. I think if you put him in at like a two or a three spot, it's not going to cost you a ton. And I think if they're going to make a serious run and set themselves up for more years than this year, because with the moves they made in the preseason. 
they have to be setting themselves up, right? You're not paying Bryce all that money. You're not trading Sixto to bring in mm-hmm. Real Muto unless you think you're trying to build a long-term plan. So if you're doing that, absolutely empty out some t- prospects and go after a guy like Bauer, right? Because it's not someone just for one year. Bauer still has three years left on his deal. Uh, no, I, I think, think he has two. No, I think I think he's a free agent after next year. Yeah, so which is so so have two years also, on it. Yeah, and but then also another guy I also think, and he's somebody the Yankees are targeting, and I think would actually be good for the Phillies is Marcus Stroman. Yeah, now, and now the Blue Jays might also be looking to trade Ken Giles. So if I'm the Phillies, I mean the Phillies obviously could use a relief pitcher and they can use a starter. So I mean that would be something intriguing. And then for the, I mean for the Yankees, the Yankees are looking into that as well. Like, do the Yankees really need another relief pitcher? But I know Brian Cashman loves building the whole super bullpen. So, um, you know, I think that would be, you know, a great idea as well. So Ken Giles and a Marcus Stroman. Uh, Your Yankees are having a pretty hot start, even with all the injuries. Uh, What do you have for your guys' first half MVP? I think I know exactly who you're going to pick. Uh, but first half MVP, and then what trade you think you guys can make to help improve your chances for that 28th title, and what you have looking forward in the second half. Yeah, um, I mean, team MVP, there's been a lot of guys who have really stepped up and, and filled you know, in for some of the injured guys. Um, but obviously, I think there's, there's just one guy who stands above everyone else, and that's DJ LeMayhew. Um, you know, what a signing he was. I, I can't say enough just how great he's been. Um, he's fit into the team, fit in with the team so perfectly takes the ball to right field, puts the ball in play. That's exactly what we were missing last year. Too many strikeouts. So, I mean, the guy has – his average actually dipped over the last few days. So, he's hitting 336. But, you know, he's driven in 63 RBIs, primarily out of the leadoff spot, which is very impressive. 12 home runs. So, he's on pace for a career high, obviously, at Yankee Stadium. That helps. His war is uh, above four. So, you know, he, he's just had a great season. He's been really the life of that offense. So, um, you know, I can't say enough about that signing. Uh, I'll be the first one to admit I wanted the Yankees to sign Manny Machado, but now looking in terms of the money, there's the value. DJ LeMahieu is probably the best signing all off season. Um, in terms of the Yankees in the second half and what trade they need, there's only one thing the Yankees need, and that's a starting pitcher. Their offense is loaded. Um, even you know, even with Stanton out, Voit will be back right after the, the All Star break. Um, so their offense is loaded. Their bullpen is is lights out. Green is up and down. He's he's been great as the opener. Still a little shaky out of the bullpen, but with Canely, Britton, um, and and Ottavino and Chapman, and then hopefully at some point we get Batances back. So the the thing the Yankees need is a starting pitcher. It's just been an inconsistency they've had, and it's been for years really. The starting pitching has been the reason the Yankees haven't already won a championship. I think in 2017, they would have won a championship if they added a starting pitcher. So this is the year. No excuses. They need to go out and add the starting pitcher. We have a great farm system, but you know what? At some point, you've got to give out. You've got to give up some of those guys. Uh, you know, you hear all the time about top prospects. You hear, look at Justice Sheffield. The Yankee fans wanted to, you know, blow him, uh, literally blow him. And <laughs> now he's in Seattle in double a with a over five ERA. So, you know, it's great to love your prospects. It's great to develop your players, but at some point, if you're just one piece away, you've got to make the move. Um, I personally would not want to see the Yankees give up Davey Garcia. 
They just called him up to AAA. He has been lights out. He, in the past month, he's had a 16-strikeout game and a combined no-hitter. Um, he is filthy. Um, they call him Little Pedro. He's been amazing. Uh, so I wouldn't want to give him up. Frazier, I'd be willing to part ways. I'd be willing to part ways with Estival Florio now because they just signed the Martian, Jason Dominguez, the 16-year-old protege. So if they've got to give up Florio, so be it. They've got to go out and get the guy. The guy is Madison Bumgarner. I've heard the Yankees' uh, uh, upper you know, front office is kind of split on him. They obviously love his postseason pedigree, but there's some analytical things they don't like in terms of you know how he's been uh, with his velocity over the last couple of seasons. So that'll be interesting. Stroman, Bauer. I don't think Bauer's cut out for New York. I think Stroman and or Bumgarner are the answer because I don't think you can rely on Severino at this point, unfortunately. And really, right now, the only guy I have confidence in taking the mound in October is Tanaka. Roster is Tanaka. That's yeah. it. Paxton's too up and down. God forbid Jay Happ has to pitch a playoff game. I don't think Paxton's healthy, if we're being honest. There's no way he's recovered from that knee injury yet. I mean, he, he looked better his last start, but yeah, he, he doesn't look like the same pitcher. I mean, last start, he had 11 strikeouts. Against no, him. and he gave up those two early runs, and then yep. he was pretty lights yep. out. I mean, he's still got a, a quality start. But I don't. I think James Paxton could easily start a playoff game, and you want to be incredibly nervous because there's a lot worse options than him right now. But I, I do think it comes down to his health, and you guys might want to pick up a whole new training staff at this point. Oh, this is worse horrible. than the Sixers' first-round pick injury history. I, first off, it's a complete, absolute joke that Severino won't get into an MRI machine because he's afraid of them. He doesn't like going on the end of the tube. Now that, that's that's dead serious. That he hurt himself throwing a bullpen session because he wouldn't take an MRI ahead of time and he wasn't healed. So now he just set himself back again. Everyone's had a lat strain. Everyone's had you know Severino's had multiple injuries. Stanton's had multiple injuries. Voight, they they came out right after the London series. They said they were going to sit him out Sunday and he'd be back for the Mets. Then he went on the IL. It's like it's like. No, I don't know if there's miscommunication between, you know, the, the, the front office and, and the coat and the medical staff and the manager. And just, it just seems like no one's on the same page. I don't know if the players are not communicating. Uh, it just, that's the only complaint obviously I have um, the, the multiple, multiple injuries. And then the setbacks is just, it's killer. So like I was going to say though, I think you got, you got to, you got to set it up like this. The, the Yankees main threat in the AL is the Astros. No doubt. In a game, in, in, assuming they'd play in the second round in the ALCS, who is going to match up against Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole? One of those games can be Tanaka, but right now they don't have another guy that's going to match up against them. They need to get a second top starter to match up because you, you're going to face Verlander and Cole possibly four times in a seven-game series. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sorry. I don't feel confident with James Paxton in one of those games. Maybe game three against Wade Miley, that's fine. But no, not in a game against Justin Verlander. I, I, no, I, I don't. And, and no Jay Happ. Domingo Herman actually off the, the uh, off the IL looked great in his last start, but Herman's on an innings limit. He's not gonna. You're not gonna throw him out there in a game, a, a big playoff game like that. So they, they've got to add a starter, and they will. Cashman, I've heard, is being aggressive from every source I've I've seen. Cashman's being aggressive. We know he, he's going to make a move. It's just, is he going to make the right move? And you know he's not going to give up too much. He doesn't like giving up 
years of control. Like Clint Frazier has four years of control. He's not going to want to give up four years of control for, uh, you know, one a half a season of Madison Bumgarner. So it'll be interesting to see what he does in, in, in that rate. No, I agree. Um, I think we both have the same needs. I think we have a tougher road to get through some teams in the NL than you guys are going to have in the AL. I think you said it. If you guys get through Houston, Minnesota, maybe could be a tough opponent. Um, well, they're looking to add, they're looking to add a top starter too. So that I mean, and they have Barry, a pretty good with, rotation already with Barrios and and Order Rizzi. Order Rizzi, and yeah. You add you add a let's say a Bumgarner or a, a Stroman or somebody like that. I mean, that's a legit one, two, three. And so we know and, they can put they, up runs. Exactly, they have a great offense. So you know they the Yankees usually have the Twins number, but um, you know they they do have a very good team, and then. The wild card in the AL and the NL is just so wide open, especially the NL wild card is just absolutely ridiculous if you look at it. Yeah, there's so many teams just right there, uh, which is funny because the Phillies are in third place and have a, a winning record in baseball still. Yeah, I mean, they be a playoff team. Um, and, and, and that's the other thing. like the, the fact that so many teams are still in this race, it's going to kind of affect maybe – the, the, the amount of teams that are sellers. And again, don't forget this year, there's only one trade deadline on July 31st. So our team's going to decide we're out of it that early, because if you look at it now, besides the, the giants and the Marlins, pretty much every team in the NL is kind of considered, I guess, still in the race. Well, the, the other problem with that is waiting too long is these deals don't just happen overnight, nine out of 10 times. It's something that progressively builds over a couple of weeks. You're sending scouts out to go watch these guys, check out their velocity. Like you were saying, the Yankees checking analytical stats on Bumgarner. I mean, you have scouting, you have to check the minor league systems for the team you're trading with. These things don't just happen, right? So you can't, the longer you're waiting towards that last deadline, the worse deal you might get if you're a seller. Yep. So these first three series coming out of this all-star break, I mean, Friday's a big day in baseball. Everyone's back to it, and every contending team knows if they get cold to start, they're not making a move. Their GM's not going to give up any assets if he's not confident in the team after that first week or two. I'll, uh, I'll be at the stadium this weekend. The Yankees are playing the Blue Jays. I would be very surprised if Brian Cashman is not at least discussing a, a deal to have Marcus Stroman not leave the Bronx and just stay there as a member of the Yankees. Yeah, I mean, that would be very early on, but that's Toronto's one of those teams where they're not going to make the playoffs. So right, yeah. those are the teams you have to be targeting at this point is who's not making the playoffs and who can we set up now. So definitely a lot of do you questions. Want to give- do you want to give a um, quick power ranking? Uh, I know we did a quarter of the way uh, uh, season power rankings. Let's do a halfway power rankings. Uh, let's see if anything has changed. Uh, well, mine definitely probably is uh, doesn't include the Phillies this year. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. No. Um, God, no. I wish it did. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll I'll go first. Um <clears throat> I think still the number one team is the Dodgers. Uh, I think their 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 rotation is just so good. Um, they've they've hit real well. Max Muncie has 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 had a great season. So I still think the Dodgers are the number one team. Uh, I have the Yankees at number two. Again, bullpen, offense lights out. The rotation still the question. Um, number three, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the Astros at number three. 
Um, I think the top, those two top two guys and in, in Cole and Verlander still put them over the top. And then they, they've gotten Springer back. Correa, as long as he doesn't have any more massages, he should be back <laughs> um, at some point. And then, uh, you know, they, they, they've, they've got a great young team. Alvarez, their DH has come up uh, over the last month and he has like 11 home runs. So that's just another bat in the middle of their order. Um, after that, I'm going to put, I'm actually going to put the Atlanta Braves at number four. Uh, I just, I love their young team. I love their young pitching. Uh, Keiko hasn't been great. Uh, he really hasn't, you know, I, I and you got to give him some time, you figure. But with Freddie Freeman, he's been lights out. He had a great first half, Acuna. So I'm going to put the Braves at five. And then that, um, that, that fifth spot, I guess I'll go with the Twins. Uh, and I think they've had a, a surprising first half. They've been probably the surprise team in baseball. But as great as they've been and as down of a year as you would think the Indians have had, the Indians are only six games behind them. So the Twins do have to keep an eye on uh, on the Indians, uh, possibly looking to catch them in the second half. Yeah, I think we're going to have a lot of the same teams here. Um, probably not the same order. Uh, I do have the Dodgers number one as well. Uh, like you said, their pitching rotation – is phenomenal. Uh, obviously, when you have an ace like Clayton Kershaw and how well he's come back this year, and then you have Ryu. Rich Hill also isn't in that rotation right now because of another surgery. It wasn't finger yeah, blisters he, this time, but he actually might. Uh, I actually cut like not to talk about fantasy, but I actually cut him from my team because they said he might not pitch again this year. He's on a sixty-day IL, Jesus. and obviously, the, in the fantasy, the playoffs are in late August. Yeah. So. I, I had no use for him, but yeah, that, that, that is a big blow, but again, Walker Bueller. I mean, yeah. They have a deep rotation, a good bullpen. Uh, they're just a complete overall team. And in my opinion, as of right now, this year, the best player in baseball for this year, uh, it comes down to trout or Bellinger. So when you have those guys on your team, it's, it's tough not to be first. Uh, I think the Dodgers should try to add a uh, back end of the uh, back end of the bullpen guy. That would I think really put them over the top. And Ethan and Guy to set up by. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they go after a four or fifth pitcher here now. If the Rich Hill is not going to come back, uh, just somebody with some playoff pedigree because you're not going to want to bring somebody up from AAA and then throw them into a meaningful playoff pitch game to pitch. So. I think them adding somebody – they don't have to give up a lot of talent because you don't need a top-end guy. You just A team who's looking for a few assets can move somebody in the back end. Similar how uh, the Phillies picked up Joe Bland when they made their playoff run when they won the World Series that year. Somebody in the – right around where that is, like a 3-4 guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, I have the Astros. I think they're, like you said, starting to get back healthy. Uh, they do have a good one-two punch to start their pitching rotation. They bring a ton of power, a lot of average guys. Uh, Brantley was a huge pickup for them this year. He's been playing fantastic, 300 yeah, batting that, average. That's up there with DJ. Yeah, the best sign great signing. I th- what was it, like 16 mil? Yeah, I mean, that, that was tremendous. And, and he's another guy who just puts bat on. Ball. Yeah, a low strikeout rate, puts the ball in the play. Uh, number three is the Yankees for me. Um, I think you guys are very solid offensively defensively you don't have really any big hole in your lineup uh, with Frazier not in the outfield anymore and Duar is not taking ground balls uh, you guys don't have that negative defensive player uh, but your starting rotation is scary going into the playoffs because you don't know what you're getting even feeling confident in Tanaka 
it's not like he's having a lights out year. So, yeah, I mean, but he he normally, he'll he'll do decent in the postseason in the regular season, but in a big game, he he always steps yeah, up. But no, I, just, I, I totally agree. I totally. It agree. feels like a situation where your guys' offense hides a few of the problems you are having overall because you guys have had errors. You guys have had your bullpen blow games recently. And then seventh, eighth inning, you guys put up six runs. So mm-hmm. that offense does hide a lot of holes in your team, but that can win you a ton of games in October as well. Like, for example, Jay Happ is seven and four. Yeah. Like, that, this is the reason why record. But what's his ERA? His ERA is over five. Yeah. It's... He sucks. He sucks. So, yeah, I have the Yankees there. I have the Twins at four. I think they put together a surprisingly sneaky team, uh, hit for a ton of power. They hit for average. They have guys that are stealing bases. Their pitching rotation is nothing to turn your nose up at. Uh, they are another team. They could use some bullpen help, and they could probably use one more bat. Not somebody for power, but somebody consistently get on base. Uh, Kepler is a great leadoff man for them because he's getting on base consistently, but they don't have somebody directly after him to kind of move the ball around and put a guy on for, second and third before those big bats come up because they're three through six hitters. I mean, when you have Kron, I think their first baseman, Crone or Kron, however you say his last name, is like their seventh hitter. Yeah, I mean, he's good. He's and, on the IL yeah. right now, but it's just a minor. He's got runs. like 25 home runs on a year. It's absurd when your seventh hitter has that. So, again, just another team that their offense might be hiding some of their deficiencies that they do have. Um, and then my fourth team is the Braves. As much as that sucks to say, uh, I just the Braves are playing fantastic. Adding Dallas Kugel, there were a lot of people that thought it was going to take him a month and a half, two months before he was pitching. I think it was two weeks after they signed him, he took the mound. So he's pitching pretty good for him, adding to an already deep but young pitching rotation. They're going to be a scary team for years because they've locked up their young guys. Their young offensive stars are locked up for years now on, what, 10-year deals? Mm-hmm. And then that's what the Met, the Mets need to do the same thing with Alonzo and McNeil yeah. ASAP. I mean, you get those guys, you're getting them paid. It's a win-win because these guys could be having flash in the pan seasons, and then they're they're going to be horrible the rest of their career. Or you lock them in now, they get paid early, and they give up a little bit in the back end before their next mega deal. So I think it's a win-win. I think more teams should try to do that. But the Braves have set themselves up very well, and they have a lot of young pitchers leading that rotation right now that they're going to be scary for years to come. Uh, right now, that they're a team that could give anybody problems in the playoffs because it's only a seven-game series. They could, Their rotation's good enough where they could quiet the Dodgers' bats in a series if it came down to it. The NL Central has been surprising, kind of disappointing. The Cubs, the Brewers, the Cardinals have really not been as good as you would have thought. The Pirates and the Reds are kind of hanging around. But One it's such a close division, up, though, too. Yeah, like, exactly. And, one thing I want to bring up, though, is just how bad, and I know it's only been a couple of appearances, only four so far, how bad has Craig Kimbrell been? A 12 ERA, he's been horrible. Well, his first start was good. His first close, I mean, he came in, closed the deal. After that, it's been all downhill. Yeah, I mean, and you can, I mean, I want to give him some time. Obviously, he didn't have a regular, you know, off-season, spring training, all that, but it's got to be a little bit of a red flag, uh, and that's the risk you take bringing in somebody in the middle of the season. Yeah. A team who's really underperformed that I thought was going to be better and it wouldn't surprise me if they pick up here are the Reds. They're sitting at the bottom of that division, four and a half games back. 
Sonny Gray is an all. Sonny Gray is he's having an all star season. Yasiel Puig started off slow. His bat's starting to get hot. They have a really good second baseman. Uh, I can't think of their third baseman. He's a rookie. Enzel, Sensel, Sensel. Yeah, Sensel, he's yeah. having a phenomenal year. There's a lot of talent on that team, and they could be a lot better than they are. Yeah, I mean, and 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 like you said, that division, and then the wild card is wide open. Luis Castillo has has pitched great this year. Yeah. Uh, for them. So yeah, they're actually a team that's you know not even out of it as as bad of a start as they got off to. Um, and they have some good players, but the, again, that's another team where we're talking about the trade deadline. Are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be, I, I don't think they'll be buyers, but are they going to be sellers? So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on. Um, obviously next week, the uh, all-star break will be over and we'll be into the second half. So we'll talk more baseball next week. Uh, Shuyo will return as well. And he'll give us some thoughts on the nationals who have uh, picked things up here um, and uh, actually are in second place. And one of the wildcard teams, which, couple of weeks ago would have been a, a shocking thing to say. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll come back. Uh, we're going to actually have a Nick, me, my gambling tip of the week. <laughs> and I promise you, don't. I, I mean, if you listen to Shuey's picks over the last couple of weeks, <laughs> you're probably, you're probably in the hole. He so, um, started off what four and oh, and he's lost three in a row now. That's... And, and not, not ironically, the last few picks have been soccer picks. Me, meanwhile, I have hit all my soccer plays. I picked Team USA every game. <laughs> um, so, but What's I'm going to give you a payout on that, like negative two hundred for some of those no, games. Actually, the last the last game was uh, like minus two hundred, but Jesus. the other games actually were pretty close to even money. So I did yeah. actually win some money on them. Um, but I'll give you my gambling tip of the week. There's no. There's no baseball right now besides the All-Star game. And by the time you, you hear this tomorrow, the All-Star game will be over. But I'll try to find you something. And then we'll come back. We've got a couple of mailbag questions we'll get to real quick. And then we'll wrap up. And- What's up, everybody? This is Nick with the gambling tip of the day, gambling tip of the week. Shuey, obviously not here this week, so I'm filling in. And uh, it might be for the best because uh, the past couple of weeks, uh, Shuey's given you some duds. So I'm here to uh, give you a, a winner. I want to make sure you get some money here. It's the summer. Some money, you know, spend at the bar, um, go to a ball game, whatever you want to do. So I've been looking, you know, obviously this is the all-star break. So there's really nothing. I mean, unless you're going to bet on the ESPY awards, uh, there's really nothing. I'm not going to, you know tell you to be a degenerate and bet on the NBA Summer League. Um, But what I'm going to tell you is Friday night baseball is back. I'm going to tell you to bet this uh, parlay. Yankees minus one and a half. Rays minus one and a half. Parlay it. Bet it together. Um, Probably get you some decent odds. Both, Both of them are probably somewhere around, you know, minus 130, minus 140, which will get you some good odds. Um, So, yeah, that's my bet. Take it to the bank and uh, see, do a little better than uh, Shuey's been these last few weeks. Welcome back, guys. So that's my gambling tip of the week. Um, let's see if it's. Uh, I want to. I want to help your 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 your. Shuey probably has taken some money away from you if you've listened to his picks. So um, let's give you something good here. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. 
Let's get into the mailbag, Matt. Yeah, our first question uh, is based off of last night's home run derby. If you were in a home run derby, that competition, who would you have throwing to you? I bet it's better than some of the guys last night. Uh, well, the guy who was, I think it was Pete Alonzo's cousin was throwing. Yeah, he was throwing. He yeah, but he was throwing curves almost. They were like sliding away. Maybe that was their strategy to slide towards the barrel and he could extend his arms. But I've never seen wild pitches in a home run derby. Chapman's dad was just as bad. Yeah, they they were not very good. Uh, um, but so you get a home run derby. Uh, who's throwing you batting practice? Well, for me, it's somebody. He's been throwing batting practice all year. Um, he's allowed twenty home runs. Uh, so far this season, and that's Jay Happ. Uh, I think Jay Happ will throw you a nice fat meatball, nice fastball right down the middle, and you'll take him deep. So if I'm taking a, a batting practice or playing in the home run derby, Jay Happ is going to be my pitcher. Okay. Uh, I don't really know. I didn't, like, have that. A lot of these people, like, want to bring their high school coach, their college coach or something. I never felt that connected to anybody to coach me yeah. that I would want to do that. Uh, so I'd probably pick my buddy Grant. He listens to podcasts and so shout out Grant. I know it would be cool for him to be up there. Plus he's a lefty, so he could throw it right into the barrel for me. Uh, so I would pick my buddy, somebody that I know can throw the baseball and not into the dirt. So, yeah, It's also got to be someone where if they end up throwing like shit that you can feel comfortable just wringing them out and, and just destroying them after the fact. Yeah. And laugh about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, another home run derby question. You guys must have been really enjoying the game last night. How many home runs could you hit in five minutes? So are we swinging with a wood bat or a metal bat here? Because that's a huge difference. And, and, and are we hitting at progressive field? All right, let's take Yankee Stadium. Or Yankee Stadium is pretty <laughs> decent. Like a 320 field, 320 left field. Um. I mean, I, I, I like to think of myself as a pretty good ball player. Um, I was never much of a power hitter, but uh, I think I could hit two out, two or three out. Two? and in fa- With a wood bat or a metal bat? A wood bat. Uh, uh, that, it's so different between the two. Anyone who says it's not is, is absolutely oh, no, wrong. Com- it's complete, completely I, I, I different. Play, I play softball. I play softball in a wood bat league and a, a metal bat league. Completely different. Yeah. Completely different. Just even your approach when you're, when you're trying to hit. I mean, I played in a wood bat league after I graduated college for a few years. I was way worse then than I ever was in high school. Uh, nor in batting practice, I would put a few out every now and then. Uh, I'm con- In five minutes, I might be able to get six or seven pretty confidently. I, they would hit all of them within the first three minutes. The last two minutes, I would be so out of shape and gassed. <laughs> but if I had somebody just throwing me right down to play it on a 320 field, I think I could get six or seven out. Yeah, I mean, like, if it's a, a pitching machine consistency, like, you know where the pitch is going to be, yeah. I, I, I'd be yeah, like, I mean, like, normal batting pr- – like, someone not even a pitcher's mound away, halfway, just lobbing them in is how we do yeah. batting practice. I could get a few out in my bucket of balls that you get. So, I think in five minutes I can get six, seven. All right, that's fair. Uh, women's national team put on a show this weekend. The the women does the WNBA and the women's national team have a fair argument for equal pay yet? Uh, I want to I want to answer this question and not get all political. 
I want to answer this question and not come off as, you know, sexist. Or if you have to say, like I want to answer this and not come off as sexist, you're probably going to come <laughs> off as sexist. No, no. I, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give reasoning. I'm not sexist, me. but. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sexist, but. Um, anyway, uh, well, first of all, the WNBA, congratulations, because this year, for the first time ever, uh, WNBA teams will be available in 2K20. So uh, I don't know who's going to use them. And if you're allowed to do like the women's team, I don't even know a women's, uh, the New York Liberty against, uh, you know, the Knicks. Can you, can you do men versus women in 2K? That would be exciting. But um, to answer the question, the fans chanted equal pay. And that was literally just one section of like, you know, 10 people that were chanting it. So it made it seem like it was louder than it was, but the female players got 13% of the revenue from the women's world cup. The men's got men's players got 9% of the revenue. It just, you know, the, the men's world cup generates more revenue. So therefore they make more money. It's just, it's, it's business. That's just how it works. It's not anything to do with sex. It's not anything to do with that. You know, two, the men only got two percent of the revenue generated, which is less than what the women got. So, so, so Nick, to give you a counter argument on that, we're talking percentage, but the women's team wins. The men's team hasn't brought in a gold medal. I mean, the women's have been the three straight World Cups, won two of them. But I'm saying the actual tournament itself, the World Cup, the men's World Cup generates so much more money they, they, than the women. The women's men's rates about two hundred and fifty million and the men's is over a billion dollars. exactly. So how little do you want the men like you're not gonna give them a set number. You're not gonna say here's you're getting a million dollars. It's gonna obviously be a percentage. So what how low of a percentage should it be? If they're generating that much more money than the women's World Cup, that's just the way it is. I'm sorry men's sports are more popular than women's sports. It's it's just that's how it is. I'm I'm sorry. I agree. It comes down to a business sense for me as well. Also, congratulations to the WNBA uh, because the big three league has actually overtaken them in viewership and attendance. Uh, I, the big three kind of has an interesting concept. I mean, they have the four-point shot, old retired NBA players, like street ballers mixed together. It, it's a good show. Ice Cube really – Speaking of some older players and some big three, I don't know if they've actually been in the big three, but – we didn't get to talk about any DC sports, so I just want to bring up real quick. Shuey's Wizards are apparently have some scouts out there looking at Amari Stoudemire and Monta Ellis. Uh, a few teams league. I saw had – they held like a pro day, the two of them. You know what? At, at, at this point for the Knicks, let's let's get a reunion, toy, uh, reunion tour. Stat Mellow 2020. Bring them back. <laughs> bring them back. It was the best era of Knicks basketball I've ever witnessed. This is so why how not run it? This is how I, I, desperate I, I, you are I, I, to watch something of your franchise. This is where the Knicks as a franchise are. Bring back Stat and Mellow for a reunion tour. As Philly, I think, uh, who says it? Um, what's his name? Mike Scott or, or Jimmy Butler was the one that said it. Run it back. Let's yeah. run it back. <laughs> Let's run it back with Stat and Mellow. But I do like, sorry to talk about the Knicks again. No. But Julius Randle. Uh, and, and a bunch of guys that have signed with the Knicks. Obviously, it's what they're going to do. You know, they're trying to make a good impression. But uh, they they truly believe they have a lot of players with killer mentalities. They're going to go out there. They're going to play hard. I'm excited to actually watch this team. No lie, I'm actually excited to watch the Knicks this upcoming year. That'll probably end after the first month, <laughs> but I'm excited. Um, so to finish up the women's pay, uh, the, the W. If we want to make it fair, you can't base it off of a percentage. 
because certain players are making more uh, based off their time with the team and this and that. Uh, and the women's team wins. So in my mind, it should be structured in a standard. If you win, you get X amount of money. If you lose, you get nothing. Because right now, the men's team, they get paid for any friendly they play against any international competition for the USA team. And they get paid if they win or they lose. The women's team restructured their collective bargaining agreement in 2017, and they took a deal they said isn't fair, but they only took it because they thought they had to or they'd have to go on strike. Uh, They get paid more in a percentage to win, but they get paid nothing if they lose. Uh, But every women... Women's national team also has a set salary where if you're on the team, I think you get a flat $100,000. The men's team does not have that. They only get paid when they play. So the men, women's team have the salary for being on the team at any point throughout the year, but the men's team only get paid when they play. But they're making so much more. They're play, playing half the games the women's team play. So it's always out early. Yeah. So not even that. The women's team just plays more friendlies because – it's just set up where they have more opportunities to showcase themselves because they're better. All right. Our last question here with the all-star game kicking off tonight, they don't kick off (laughs) with the all-star game kicking off tonight. What member of your team has made an all-star game when they absolutely shouldn't have? Uh, I think Nick, we were talking about this earlier about how I, we both think it's dumb that a team has to have a player there. Um, but I'm not going to pick one of those Hasty players, a, a guy who never deserved to be on an all-star team and just had a crazy two months to make one, Dominic Brown. <laughs> now, we brought Dom Brown up numerous times on this podcast for no reason. Was for the last you know, what, three months we've been doing this, uh, we bring Dominic Brown up way too much for a guy who literally we talked about flashing a pan for two months, and then – now he's in the Mexican League. I think he's actually batting like 290 down in the Mexican League, though. So Watch out. Hold on to those autographed baseballs. Yeah. I, I, worth some money. I do have an autographed Don Brown baseball and picture. So I can't wait to put that up somewhere if he ever makes Just another team. In college, you probably could have sold that for a good amount of money. Yeah, I think I paid 80 bucks for it when he was like still down. And then during that all-star season, I probably could have made like 50, 60 bucks profit. That might be worth 80 cents now. Yeah, that could have been like <laughs> two weekends at the bar in college now. I can't even afford a taco at Taco Bell. <laughs> All right, uh, so who off the Yankees, you think? Um, I was going to say, so this is actually this year, the Yankees had eight All-Stars on, on the roster in 2010. And uh, they actually didn't do it this year. But remember, they did the last vote. Like, they did a couple players, and then the fans got to vote on who the final person on the roster would be. Yeah. So, Nick Swisher was the final member uh, voted by the fans. Um, and, and honestly, Nick Swisher, I love Nick Swisher. He's part of the 2009 World Series team. He actually came back for Old Timers Day last year. He's a, he's a personable, fun-loving, like, the fa- he was a fan favorite, no doubt. And that's exactly why he got voted in. But Nick Swisher was never at any point in his career an all-star. He was a, a nice, a nice player. Um, but yeah, I, I would have to say Nick Swisher. I was going through the list of you know some Yankees all-stars the past few years. Brett Gardner made his only all-star game in in 2015, but I think that's deserved. He's had a nice career. Um, but everyone else really is uh, you know the the usuals. Um, so there really weren't any standouts from the last you know 10 years. Any Yankees that 
you know, had no business being there. All right. Yeah, I agree. Brett Gardner should have never also made an all-star game. Uh huh. I, and that's all we have this week, guys. Uh, we tried to keep it short for you here. Uh, we're going to try to do that more often, uh, not dragging on that hour, 20, hour and a half episodes for you. Uh, football season might get back towards that, but during these summer months when really it's just baseball and key moments, uh, we're going to try and keep them shorter for you. But thanks again for listening. Uh, Nick, anything you got to say to the people? Yeah, no, just uh, thanks for continuing to support us. Uh, Follow us if you're not already on Twitter at Trilogy Sport underscore Sports. Um, love the interactions. We've had some um, interesting, uh, you know, posts over the last few days with some uh, GIF answers and responses. So we've been getting a lot of responses with those. So just keep interacting with us. Keep giving us some feedback. We'll continue pumping these out. And um, like Matt said, with football season coming up, I think it's going to get even more exciting. Um, obviously, with all three of our teams in the same division, uh, we'll have get into some heated arguments and then. Um, with the baseball playoffs coming up, uh, you know, maybe the Yankees will be the only team in the playoffs from our cities, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. So we got a lot to look forward to over the uh, next few months coming up here on the podcast. So uh, continue listening, as, uh, as we said. All right, guys. Have a good night. We'll see you next week. Peace.